In the world of unique people, Ms. J. Alexander is couture. He is one of a kind. He is designed in a very, very special way. He is funny. He is wise. He is self-centered. And he is caring and giving. And he is always fabulous. I think that Miss J teaches you, like many of our guests, to follow your dream. If you have a dream and you have a focus and maybe you're a little uh, ADD and <laughs> not so worried about what other people are thinking, you might actually accomplish your dream and get where you were hoping to get to. I think you're going to love this story and my friend, Miss J Alexander. Hello, <laughs> hello. Naeem Khan is here. I am so excited about our next guest, J Alexander. New king yes. of New York fashion That's week, right. Raul Peñaranda. Stop it to make me blush like a white woman. <gasps> what was that inspiration again? So inspiration was Norman Norell. Oh, I think what motivated me to keep going was paying the goddamn rent. How do you get to be the king of New York fashion week? Yes. When you are the underdog and you don't care, I was trying to scream. I was trying to tell everybody, I'm here. Worked with a genius like him. You make things that are made by hand. It's craftsmanship at its best. That was kind of a routine that you knew how to do a deal with the timing. Oscar one time said to me, focus in the product yes. and let the product speak for itself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the real Miss J yeah. on Instagram, Chai, you know where to find my black ass. I love you guys. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I am so excited about our next guest. We met on a speaker in Xenon in 1978, and the world has never been the same. We have been dancing our way through life ever since. The wonderful, the amazing Jay, Jay Alexander. Alexander. Give it up. <laughs> Yay! Making, oh, stop it. You make me blush like a white woman. Oh, <laughs> we love blushing. We know how to wear it. We enjoy it, and it makes us hot. Oh, my God. You're such an expression of fashion and, and joy and movement. Everybody loves you for that. Well, you know, I just growing up in New York City in the South Bronx, seven, you know, number seven out of ten kids, you just sort of like create your own space. Is that what made you, motivated you to keep going, is trying to create your own space? No, I think what motivated me to keep going was paying the goddamn rent. Oh, the rent. Oh, this sounds like a musical. But you didn't always <laughs> do it for the money. You did it for the fun. And and here's a really important thing. You were wearing taffeta gowns in 1978 and coming home from the club on that walk of shame. Uh-huh. We How did, did you all. get to the Bronx and not get your ass kicked? Oh, or did whoa. you? I it never happened. Never, never happened. And I well, took you're the number so tall. six and I took the number six <laughs> like train. Like <laughs> I took the number six train mm -hmm. to Castle Avenue and then I took the Dollar Gypsy cab mm -hmm. to the projects where I lived, five eighty Castle Avenue. Or I would take the bus to the bus was there. And I would try to time the bus and the subway to get me there to get that bus to get home. And, and were would, you still in, in the, all the regalia or did yes, you change I, out? No, sometimes I would change out. The face would still be beat. Some of the regalia would still be on. And when I would leave the Bronx, if I loved the winter because I could hide the, the glory and the fabulosity oh. of the coat. The taffetani, it was just shining. That it was kind of a routine that you knew how to do a deal with the timing. Yeah. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. it was setting the timing to get the in time. And then sometimes I would get into a taxi mm -hmm. at 59th Street. Oh, and I get out. Just get out, get out. <laughs> 
but I would take the subway down to 59th Street. Yes, then oh, I would of get course. out and then I would jump into the back of a taxi and I would change to the back of the cab. Oh, so for the entrance. For the entrance. Yes. Oh, wait. And We've so all that- done that. We've all done that. Don't don't let me out here. Let me out down the block or get a taxi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, and let's be clear. You had to be there before midnight to get in free. Yes. Yes, honey. Or before I got too crowded, you know, to be noticed, but I was being six foot four and slightly tall in heels. And a lighthouse. Yes, <laughs> sparkling out. bright. I remember yeah. you dancing, and the first time I met you, I thought, "Oh, what a good dancer! Look at that taffeta coming over here." And I was like sitting with Halston, and you made your way over there, and you came over and you saw Halston, and he and just yes. fell in love with you. And I was so <laughs> dying to work for Halston yeah. because he was the first designer that I recognized. In the, I was, oh my god, he and Carolina Herrera were the two mm-hmm. people that I was would have loved to have worked for. And uh, speaking about Carolina Herrera, I still have the sketches. Mm-hmm. That I went up to her to get a job with. But you became friendly with Mrs. Herrera after in the, the, end, in the yeah. years. Like, yes. I, I'm sure there's pictures around of you and I and Mrs. Yes. Herrera. And I never went to school to learn how to sew. I learned how to sew from a friend of mine, Jennifer Brown, um, who recently passed. As she was helping me sew her and mother, uh, friend Carol Lewis, the first time I was able to look at and follow a pattern. That's an, a, a great a thing to have because and the coat situation covers it all up. And you can throw a <laughs> thing together. This one is like, talk about repurposing, recycling. Talk about I stitches, mean, couture. Yeah, it is, and it happens in the blink of an eye and he's ready to go to the he's award He's inspired. Show. <laughs> Say, hello, I'm invited. I'm coming dressed up. Well, Let's talk about this a minute. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this a minute. You've been doing this, and I'm going to call it, Drag. You've been doing this drag, like, and as we all call it, Miss drag, Jay. when we get ourselves mm-hmm. together. Well, he was uh, Alex Alexander, Jay Alexander. I mean, like, we've known him in many years over the time. But you've been doing this before. There was like you and Patassa and Gypsy. Yes, <laughs> Gypsy. You, you took I think over Gypsy from Patassa. Away, I mean, I, I don't know, next. but I just. Mm-hmm. Met for the first time a couple of months ago, Bill Bernstein, mm. who did the book called The Last Dance, which is his latest book, mm. and the other one uh, mm. called Disco That My Old Neighbor. So, oh my God, I think you're in this book, mm. which I think is the same picture of me mm-hmm. in this sex museum that people would say to me, oh my God, I saw you in the picture in the sex I museum. I know. What? I said, wow, the they called me for that. I said, how can you do it? But it is sexy. It is alluring. If you're in there, people will be turned out of maybe, you know, they'll have really? a good time in life even if they see you there. <laughs> you're you a know? fantasy. You're someone's Yeah, I mean, fantasy. you're someone's fantasy. I mean, you were unleashing of this energy that nobody had, your presence, your poise, your power, all of that I stuff. I knew nothing. Than about that part being in the sex museum. <laughs> I was trying to think, what picture do they have of me in the sex museum? Oh, I don't know. We have do to have go it? see. I'll have the picture. Oh, we'll pull, it up, pull it up. Pull it up. Send it to me because we're going to so show I'm, everybody I'm, up there. Uh-huh. I'm going to try to find this picture because I just recently saw it, recently looking for something else. And I thought, oh, my God. And then, I mean, the hits keep coming. But, but so how, have... do you, how do you feel about now where everybody's in a dress? <laughs> Harry Styles is in a dress. Billy Porter's in a dress. You, you looked at the Met Gala. There, And what about guys in ugly dresses? Like, what's up with them? Well, Let's that, talk about well, everybody okay, in a dress. Okay, okay. So I just, you know, if you, if you want to put on a dress, put on a dress, put on the right dress. I yeah, think the ugly dress you. on a woman is ugly and on a man is even worse. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, like a guy in an ugly dress, a tank top, black tank top at the Met Gala. Like, you're at the Met Gala. Like, honey, throw on the real deal. Like, call Oscar 
still a renter. If you're going to get, well, well, exactly. Because a lot of times designers don't want to dress men who are cross dressing. That's why you have to make it. And it becomes an an issue. They don't want to be associated with it. They very rarely want to dress, you know, some of our black folks at times, you know, who who has a hierarchy Mm -hmm. in the, uh, on the red carpet situation. Yes. You know, one Tell versus it. the other. You know it. And now all of a sudden it's become, I think because luxury is, everybody has their hands on luxury. It's no longer special to me. That's personally mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I don't see, I think luxury loss is luster somewhere along mm-hmm. the line. And I think it's because it's how it's all put together. Mm-hmm. I I can't afford trend, but I can afford to create. Mm. I have a wardrobe, I have a vast wardrobe of Marc Jacobs that will last me, oh God, for nine minimal years. I have, decades, so, much, I have so much of it. Mm-hmm. I've known Mark most of my life, as well as Robert Duffy, who used to be there. And, um, <laughs> In there. Yes, yeah, so from 70. <laughs> and you inspired 19, them. That's so, why they yeah, gave yeah, you the from clothes. From 1976. Mm-hmm. Then there's Rafe Edelberg. Then mm-hmm. there's uh, Ju Young Lee from Resurrection, which mm-hmm. I'm wearing her dropped crotch oh, leather shorts leather. here. You mm-hmm. know, Diesel. Oh, you look things, great. Converse. I mean, I'm very fortunate. I'm very, very happy. And when they send me things that I can't fit, Mm. You make it, it fit. You make it no, work. No, no, no. I say, I usually I usually call them and send it back mm. to get another size. If they say we don't have, then I'll say, okay, when well, you see them, man, it looked the same, but yeah. And I'll get them. I'll repurpose it. I'll recreate it. I'll do something. You're so couture. You fit it well, to yourself. Well, okay. Mm. Speaking of couture, oh, what mm. a great segue. Mm. I was trying to find the picture for all of you out there. I just shared this story. Okay. How I met Anjali and Tally. Oh yes. I was in Paris. Mm. 1986 mm-hmm. was is when I met Andre, and mm-hmm. I remember hearing models that you, nobody would know about, mm-hmm. maybe Arlethea, mm-hmm. Billy Blair. Oh, my. And these girls saying, yeah. you remind me so much of Andre, and I didn't know who Andre Leontali was. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen him. <laughs> and then when I saw him, I thought, oh, that's the guy, because I would see him sometimes on 57th Street, when he was passing younger. by, tall. I said, oh my God. Wafting by, darling. Sauntering by. So I decided I'm going to go to Paris and I want to go see my first couture show because I would cut out pictures of all the girls of Pat, uh, (laughs) Diane Washington, Sandy Bass, Lynn Watts, Carol Miles, all these girls, Shelly Edmonds. I would just cut the pictures of these girls. Munya. Katusha. Say that name. Cut the pictures of them out and the Valentino campaign. I would just cut all the women's wear daily you know, or the W, color photos of the girls coming on the runway during the collections. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see the couture show, so I went, and I hear in the Intercontinental Hotel, fabulous, and I thought, oh my God, who is that? And <laughs> turning the corner is Andre and Tally, and I'm trying to get in, I look at him, and I thought, oh my God, he's black. <laughs> he, what gave it away? <laughs> he must be the guy. So I went up to him and I said, Grand. excuse me. I said, excuse Grand me. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. I said, um, can you get me to the show? I want to see the show. He said, well, <laughs> well, who are you? What's your credentials? And I just <laughs> Thank said, you. <laughs> and I just told him, I have not. I just want to go see the show. But let's see what I can do. And then he went inside. Mm. And a woman came out about maybe 20 minutes later. She said, you can, have a, you, you can come to see the show, Mr. Tali said, but we don't have a seat for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Oh, you were standing in the back. <laughs> yes. So all of a sudden, the <laughs> show, <of> the sh- <laughs> I remember the show starts mm-hmm. and there was no music. Mm-hmm. And I just heard this, them say, Blue Marine, mm-hmm. Navy Blue, Numero un, Number One. And the girls started coming out. And I don't remember the number, but baby Miss Pat Cleveland came out. <laughs> 
in a black strapless dress. I saw you. Black velvet. She had the pink bow was just dropped across and then the, the lime green overskirt. And all I heard was this swish, swish, pop, snap, swish, 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 pop, snap. <laughs> just that tap. And I was so fascinated because that was my very first couture show in the Intercontinental. And I watched the girls swivel around with the hats on that were too tall for the chandelier. They would swivel around the chandelier because <laughs> underneath the chandelier was the circle. Oh, wow. That circular on the runway. And I remember Pat just coming, just coming. <laughs> and she, and that skirt was just pop, snap, swish, swish, pop, snap, pop, swish, swish. Because all you could hear was just the footsteps and yeah. the rustling of the fabric. Ooh, and then the, you tell maybe a, a camera story. Or two. <laughs> yes. And, I see, and <laughs> that was my very first couture show. And I got to see it, and Pat was in it. And I was kind of, this was really insane. I saw you. I saw you. I did that for you. And then in the end, I <laughs> came out, and we <laughs> were supposed to have dinner with Jean Luc Dumas. Was it Jean, Jean, was it Jean, Jean, Jean Louis mm. Dumas? Mm-hmm. Wasn't an agent, yeah. mm-hmm. and I remember Pat said, "We should go and get something." Oh my God, we should all go and get something to eat. <laughs> I said, I they were thinking about going to Carol mm-hmm. Miles' restaurant. Mm, that's it. Oh, she was amazing. I remember we, we were planning on going to oh, Carol God. Miles' restaurant, and after mm-hmm. everything else was such a blank for me because it was my yeah. very first couture show in Paris, and I got to see the girls, mm-hmm. and it was really something to see. It really, really was. And after that, you were dancing all through the night. Yes, and um, it was just, you know, I think looking at that, you know, back then and what I know now, mm-hmm. would I do anything different? Probably not. Because mm. it was such a lesson learned. Absolutely. Uh, it was an on-hands lesson, a visual lesson that I learned. And what did you wear to the show? I remember I was wearing a stolen Gautier suit that <laughs> someone Ouch. had stolen from work. Um, I'm not listening. And he let me borrow the jacket. It was gray and full pants with a cuff in it. And I wore a, a big black hat and a big black shawl. I'll never forget it. And I had to return the suit back to him in New York City because I bought it to wear. Mm-hmm. So as a little boy growing up in the Brewster Project, so to speak, <laughs> how do you get to TV? How does that happen? I mean, let, let's face it. I've known you for years. And, and when I first met you, I didn't think this guy is going to be a major TV star. Neither let's did face I. It, there was nobody like <laughs> yeah, you Yeah, but you have, to, you have to think of the challenges in your life that shape you the most. Well, that's and what I'm saying. I mean, to... like, how did you get to TV? By being authentically myself. And by just being and doing me. I was working with Lars at um, at Bill Blass. Mm. We were just casting the show. The show was finished. And you were casting the show and helping the models. Casting the show and Lars with the show. The first show he did for Bill Blass, I did it by telephone. Helped cast the show by telephone for my apartment in Paris. Mm. Then I said, can we fly him for the next season? I flew to New York City to work with him. And... Tyra Banks' mother called me, Carol in London. Mm. And so you'd already met Tyra. Yeah, I've already known Tyra. Yeah, I've known Tyra, you know, already in Paris from, from Paris. Mm-hmm. And you so, taught her how to walk. And we, yeah, we worked together on a few shows. And then she's when the girl said, you know, do this, stand here, do this. You know, Miss J, my big mouth. And I wasn't going to pay for it. I would just stand outside the tents at the Louvre. Yeah. And when girls would come outside, I would give the girls, you know, um, critique. I said, next time, the next show, stand up straight. You know, when you walk, just, you know, put your shoulders back. The next time, you know, hold your face like this. And when you turn, hold your, fa- your fingers like this. And, you know. Out of the so. compassion of your heart because you yes. you knew they could do better and you were sort of shaping them. Yes. You know, and that movie with the sculptor and then and the model came to life. Uh, you know, that Pygmalion yes, kind yes, of situation. Yeah. So when it was happening, the girls, some girls would come out crying because they felt that they didn't do well. And I'd be like, no, 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 you did fine. But just next time do this and blah, blah, blah. Then I noticed that. 
Ungaro wanted the girls to walk a certain way with their hands. Then when I started to work with, with Chucky Mugler, it was the same thing um, to watch that show. And they would send girls to me with either a sketch mm-hmm. of the dress that they were wearing or the shoes for them oh. to learn to oh, walk wow, on the yeah. shoes. And that's when I remember him saying to me, Jay, make sure the fingers in this dress doesn't cover the waist this way because we want to see the embroideries. You know, but it looked as though they put their confidence in you because you had a certain kind of understanding of what the culture needed of fashion. I call it fashion culture mm-hmm. because you were like you saw pictures, you knew in your visual mind how things could change because things were a little bit sloppy before you came along, and you improved the presentation. He, he understood the of, language of fashion. Yeah, well, he and, created a language, the language of, fashion. of fashion, and the language of it was to just bringing clothing alive. Clothing needed an extra oomph. And sometimes the girls didn't know how to, you know, to do that. They were just going down, turning around, and walking back. It takes Out a real fear. man to be able to do that. Yes. <laughs> yes. We learn from the best. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of started. And then the first girls I worked with was Claudia Mason, Megan Douglas. Oh, Riley my God. Jean, those those girls. girls. And that's how it kind of started. And then they began to recommend me to more girls. You know, so how the paychecks start then? So who paid? That, so the models paid. It was Jean Marie. Really? Who was then married to Elizabeth, I mean, married to Lindy Evangelista. He, and he said, you know, Jay, listen, because he's always called me. He said, come, 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 come. He said, listen, you are doing this. You're helping the girls backstage. You should get the paycheck. So I'm going to send you some new girls. You teach them how to walk and we send them to casting. Oh, my God. That's the best advice. I mean, it's the best mentor maybe that you had. Was was that the best mentor you ever had in the industry? I think the best mentor in the industry, in the universe, was just being present. Mm-hmm. Someone who believed in what I was doing and thought I should get paid for it. Yeah. Yes. And I remember value. Uh, yeah, and your I, talent. Your value. And then yeah. the first designer mm-hmm. to send a girl to me mm-hmm. was Valentino. Oh. And it was Carlos de Souza. Oh, oh Carlos. I'm Kaka. Is he Brazil? I think now, right? Oh, he's all over. He's all I'm over the so world. So grateful for him mm-hmm. because I remember I was standing outside trying to get him to see the Valentino show. And he said, darling, 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 you're fabulous. Come, 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 come. And he took me in. And I remember I was wearing a Christian Dior hat that mm. I got from Anita Woods, the model. The hat was so huge. And I made this black padded shoulder, you know, double-faced wool. By hand. Yeah. And just, I remember just going there and I was like, oh, my God. And then he said, you know, darling, we have a really beautiful, beautiful girl named um, your line and she needs to do it. You have to teach her because I would be backstage just showing the girls. I would look at the rack of clothing, say, Oh, you know, you're wearing this. Oh my God. You know, when you when you wear this, take it, open it like this, yeah. say the surprise like this, and the shoe. Put the shoes on now, that way you can get your foot used to them so you can walk on the shoes. Yeah. Like you have makeup done. So little things like that. And he said, We have this girl, and he was the first designer to send a girl to me. Can you describe that room? Because I remember you being in that room telling girls what to do at one point at Valentino in Rome. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. just... At Rome, right? It, or was it Paris? No, it was, it was Paris. Paris. It was Paris. Okay. It was just like, you know, just how to waft through, just how to, mm-hmm. you know, put the clothing in and, and, and make it happen. And, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. your attitude must change because the way you walk for couture was not the same for ready-to-wear. Mm-hmm. There was two different walks, yeah. you know. Ready to wear a prêt-à-porter was much more freeing, and but couture was much more, a little more snobbish, a little more laid back, and just you took your time, and it was just 
holding, you know, knowing and understanding your body. Mm. And when you're 15 years old, you don't know how to be sexy or elegant. You just... You have no experience. Yeah, you just get through. So it was me trying to coach them, which was sometimes... And how do you, how do you think that Europe was always so open to black models and, and mixed models, and they were just much more open than here in America? How have you seen the change? Why do you think they were so much more open than here? I think their brains were just more, much more open in a creative department. And it was more about the art, I think, for them. As opposed to America is more the business, the, the business, Seventh Avenue. Yeah, yeah, the business and the sales. I think that's what I'm thinking. I, I can't speak for the Well, you people. know it from your experience, your lifestyle and your travel and the things that you absorbed. You were just like radiating them out. I mean, every time you got inspired, you were in a different country and people mm -hmm. were valuing your opinion, you know, because you were useful to them. and. You gave them resources that they could, they didn't have themselves actually, yeah. because even though they were designing, they didn't have the lifestyle you had. You were everywhere and you saw things they didn't see. Yeah. And yet you weren't like necessarily living the champagne caviar life. No. You were, you were poor and humble. Let's, let's make it. I was just, you know, you know, my, my rent was paid. There was food on the table. When it rained, I didn't get wet. When it snowed, I didn't get snowed on. When it was hot, I was able to go inside and cool off. Yeah. But I always say, pay your rent. I can always ask my friends to give me something to eat if I got broke. You were in the language, you were in a country where you didn't speak the language, you didn't have. And the, there were a lot of those papers. days. Yeah, but you yeah. must have had this little tribe of friends, you know, like you travel in a little group, birds of a feather, that you Absolutely. can just say, okay, one has the money, let's go for dinner. Was there like a time? <laughs> no, no, but when... <laughs> actually, I did not just stay my black ass home. Oh my God. I stayed home. You know, if they sell, come out, and if they say, we got you, got you. I would never go out to eat if wow. I couldn't afford to pay for my meal. Oh, my never, God. Never, Even never, if they never. said they got you, they got you? I always went out with money in my pocket just in case uh -huh. it got shifty or shady. But other than that, I stayed home most of the time. I would rather cook at home and mm. eat at home oh, home and pay buddy. my rent. I would just pay my rent. If I had enough money to pay my rent three or four months in advance, that's what I would do. Mm. Because I, don't, I could always say, you know, Philip or Pat or somebody – I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd ra yeah. I'd rather ask you to feed me than help me pay my rent. Oh my God. Exactly. So what were the most useful resources that helped you along the way? Like, I mean, you're just like so practical, it seems like, to be such a fantasy Something person. I stand yes, by. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's very practical. Something I stand by to this very day. Mm -hmm. If I make $100, mm -hmm. I save 50 I spend 25 foolishly, and I spend 25 carefully. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> what I think, too. We're alike. I swear that's, to you. I mean, because if I start running around trying to buy the latest trendy piece of clothing, mm -hmm. I would be up Schitt's Creek without a paddle and I would not have two apartments that mm -hmm. I pay for and I would not have anything to eat trying to keep up with the latest But you're very lucky in the real estate game, not to give away your secret, but you've had two apartments for a very, very long time. Yes. And they're well yeah. they're well positioned yes. and very affordable, which yes. is a, a blessing, a blessing, and a blessing. And thinking mm -hmm. when I got the second one that I couldn't do it, I, and, and, I, and the fear was... Oh my God, I may not be able to pay them, I may get kicked out. And then my manager said to me, but you just got finished spending $11,000 for an apartment for five weeks executive housing. Are you crazy? You can go buy, rent an apartment and mm -hmm. get, mm -hmm. you know, take that and that could be rent for four months, something like that. And I thought, oh, weird thing. And I just kind of went into it thinking, I, okay, well, just make it happen. But so you're let's... practical. You're so practical. I mean, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Find the cure for everything they can't find a cure for. That would be my superpower. Ooh. So let's, let's, we got to talk about America's okay. Next Up model. We cannot yeah. have I'm another sorry. moment go by. We yeah. have got to get we back to, to that story. So yeah. you knew Tyra. You taught her how to walk. My mama called me up. We, mama met, in the, we met in a hotel. Mama we talked about it. She had this idea. And then, bam, there it is. 
And tell us, like, what is that experience like? That is one of the biggest shows in the whole world. I, I mean, everyone wants to be on it. You were such a compliment for her. I was and again, so quirky there. and so quirky. You got you, to be you yourself. You were so original, well, and people wanted to be you. This, yeah. they, get, you, they saw that show. And they, I want to be him. Yeah. I <laughs> remember once the very first day going to the show, they got, what is this madness? I'd already been doing interviews all over Europe for probably nine years, 10 years prior to that. I would have been being interviewed about coaching models. It was over the press. I mean, the press book is really, really thick. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what is this? Mm -hmm. She explained it to me. I sat through the counter. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just really uninterested in it, thinking, she's a model? She's going to be a model. Really? Yeah. A model. And then as it went on and on and on, I thought, okay, this that works. I argued the first day because I didn't know that I could not use uncleared music. And I didn't realize that they need to hear what I was saying to the girls. And I'm treating it as I'm doing yeah, my own lesson, job. my own private lesson. And how do you turn that into TV? Yeah, that, and that then it's like, oh my God, so I'm using this. It's, no, no, no. So I taught myself very quickly to do it twice. I would do it with the music so I get the girls to move and speak with them. And then I would do it without music so that the TV can record what I'm saying without the music. And that way they wouldn't have to clear it. And it was, it was a moment because I was just like, oh, this is so kind of almost slightly boring to me. No. So I remember I sat there when I became a judge cycle five. I said, what can I, I said, what can I do here? I don't have any clothes. I said, oh my God. So judge. I said, I know what I'm going to do. I like flowers. I'm going to do a huge corsage. And each week when a girl gets kids, I'm going to take it off. That was so oh. funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that went from. Symbolic. Oh my yes, God. So it was that So iconic. One. Everyone knows that so one. The one that when the, I did the one with the afro with my hair was mm -hmm. that short. And at the end of the show, my hair was this big. Uh -huh. Another one was the growing sleeves. Mm -hmm. The sleeves are a little short. Puff sleeve, mm -hmm. and at one point, the sleeves are so huge. Mm -hmm. They said, Stop, 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 Miss J. Um, <laughs> we guys, we need to shift the table. So, why? Because of Miss J, Tyra, her sleeve, sleeves are too big, her sleeves are too big, and and Tyra was sitting over here. Oh, and you both have big sleeves. <laughs> no, 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 I just did. Nobody's gonna have bigger sleeves than Tyra. No, I had sleeves and she didn't. Oh. And, we, and I remember we were in Hawaii, mm -hmm. and then what I did with the afro. It was, I remember it was Twiggy. Mm -hmm. They said again, say, stop, stop, cut, 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 cut. Mm -hmm. They said, um, Miss J, mm -hmm. they said, um, oof. Your sleeves are the, too big. No, no, the hair is too, too big. big. Yeah, they said the hair is too big. They said the hair is, they said, yeah, when you turn to talk to Twiggy, you cover Tyra's <laughs> face. When you turn to talk to you cover her. They said, I was like, oh my God. So they were on the back and had to, and had to pat it down a whole Foot. I'm so disappointed. How dare they? Me too. I, I had that. to go twelve inches. I had to bring it in because it was just it was just too big. And I remember sitting there, and the wind blowing outside. And I could feel it here doing like this. Um, so here's the million dollar question. Here's the million dollar question that I know a lot of people in fashion have been wanting to ask, and it's it's pissed me off for years. You worked with the biggest names in the industry, the most beautiful, glamorous supermodels from from Pat Cleveland to Claudia Mason, like. Everybody, that show has never really spawned a real top model. I it's, mean, it was television. You know, the, some of the girls have worked and they've gone on, like Takara, you know, she's yeah, Takara. We love it. Ava. Ava, Ava. Yeah. But they've so, gone on to TV careers. And I, and I find yeah, that as a fashion person. TV. Yeah, but TV. A, B, and half these girls were smart. They came in knowing that they went to parlay that into something else. Yaya. Adrian Curry. Yeah, yeah, Yaya. Yaya didn't win, but yeah, she's all over TV, all oh, yeah, TV season movies. Star. She played and I remember 
her looking at me with this really funny smile was kind of like, mm-hmm. And she said, y'all haven't seen the last me. And she's right. Yeah. She knew exactly what she was doing. I think a lot of those girls just wanted to go there and just be loved and accepted. And taught by and you. Taught by, <laughs> and and they said, okay, so somebody loves me, somebody likes me, and likes how I look and like what I want to do. So now I'm, okay, that's it. Because the real work is after you win the show. Um, See, that's when, the yeah. real, that's when the real work happens. That's when the real, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard. How do you keep that moment of that five minutes? How do you have yeah. to make that five minutes 15 minutes? And exactly. how do you stay productive? Because you're giving all this information to them. Did it go in one ear and out Come, the other, you know, yeah, sometimes? Some, some girls are freaking out. Some girls who didn't win. So I think people who didn't win, it drives them to, I'll show you. And I've never been that person. I've always just okay. Like I went on my first, I went in job interview to be a summer camp counselor yes. at the Fresh Air Fund. Yeah, wow. With my friend again, Jennifer Brown. I went in. Now I ha- I'm gonna give you the story before I give you the outfit. <laughs> so I go. She says we should go. Not the oh yeah, that'd be great. Summer job, sleepaway camp. I wanted to be very the white kids. You know, we're going to sleepaway camp. They were counselors. I wanted to be junior camp counselor. So I go. Fill Such the application, pull it out. Mm-hmm. Ten days later, Jennifer gets a call to come back to do her ID. I need the short version of the story. Okay, we so, don't have an hour program. So, so they, <laughs> but we can stay so, with you forever. I know, so, I know. This one so, can tell us okay. three hours. So they, so they didn't call me back. She asked them why, and then they said, because the director thought that I might be gay and uh, thought, thought that I might- give them that idea. Thought that I might be gay and thought maybe that some of the parents would be comfortable. And I thought, well, I am gay. <laughs> Might be. Now, picture it. Afro. Afro sheened. Big Afro. The blue and white striped shirt tied at the stomach. The jeans that I cut off and mm, frayed them. I love it. Vaseline, weaves up legs, Hercules sandals, and my mother's Gina Tay. How Just wow. They that. should make a Barbie out of How you. How could they you know? that? And that's what I thought, but I am gay. <laughs> But I didn't think then. I just thought, well, just, just go get another fucking job someplace. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move in right now. The world is shifting right now. We're into the metaverse. We're into this NFT. So I'm working on the script. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about what do you yeah, think of the NFT? We got like literally two yeah. minutes. Tell us about the NFT. So I'm, so I'm, 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 so I'm, so I'm working, working, on, I'm working on this NFT collection. Which is for the metaverse, mm-hmm. and you know you can you can just Character. go to superpop superpopdrop.com. You can find it there, mm-hmm. and it's me creating a collection mm-hmm. that has to be worn in the metaverse. So oh, I'm so excited! I love it. I have the Oculus. I want to go in yeah. there. I want to see I'm you. And I'm also working on uh-huh. um, the Eagleberg's the, the Eagleberg sisters, mm-hmm. um, Wendy and Amy have mm-hmm. with Brad Sister have come up with a show idea based on my book that I did. <gasps> yes, your called book called Follow the Model. Yes. So they they're working on a scripted TV series <gasps> I'm so for happy. that. And it's it's, it. it's young it's 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 young Sheldon meets TikTok. You are perfect for this. We're so excited for you because so. these things will inspire people and make them happy. Who would you of everybody you've seen? You know, you've you've met every. The, the funny thing about it is everybody's a fan. Everybody's a fan, no matter where yeah. you go. I, yeah. I hate to go out with them because he's so tall, yeah. he's so oh, damn he's obvious. So fabulous. I'm, like, I'm hiding, and this one's like so obvious. And everybody from Brad Pitt to everybody just comes up and is like, "Oh my God, I love you." Mm-hmm. Who do you want to meet that you haven't met, and who are your favorite people that you have met? Everybody that I've met are my favorite people. Anybody that I want to meet, <laughs> Me. there's nobody that I that I would like to meet at the like moment. Like Princess Dur- Diana, Mother well, she, Teresa. Well, like who would you have liked? Well, who would you not get to meet that you would have loved? To have just Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. And to why? To go there because I just think that man's for someone to be in prison for so long to come out and just have this light and this energy and this power and this forgiveness, that's heavy. He's with That's you. heavy. And that's the wisdom that you can get. I mean, you, you learn a lot. You know, you learn a lot. As my boss, you learn a lot by asking questions and asking them all. 
would ever thought I'd email the Marcos? No, but I had dinner with her, and that was uh, And so, Britt, think of that. So who's the biggest bitch you've met along the way? Come on, tell. <laughs> I think you just did, but um, I'll let you answer that. Well, she was nice to me. I always judge people on how they treat me. Wait, what did she say when you came in the room? That I'd take you out of a room. <laughs> and women of power don't women like power, that. Yeah, women, that is women such of a power, great quote. Whatever she said, she said, women of power can be just, and that's when she said to me, and I looked up, she said, because you take the air out of the room, your presence alone, without even speaking. I watched you on that show, that young black woman, meaning Tyra, yeah. <laughs> and I saw where you take so much energy by being who you are. And that is where she said to me, that's when she said to me, you have to understand, it's hard to be hated, but harder to be envied. Yeah. And yeah. those are powerful words because when people Very hate powerful. you, think they, about that. When they hate you, they just hate you and they just go kind off. Of, yeah. They just hate and can be bothered. But when they envy you, they do everything to keep you down and keep tearing you down. They have a and we see a lot of that. We've seen a lot of that in Hollywood. And yeah, there I mean, are definitely a lot of people. Well, I mean, like there's that. a lot of people that's there. I mean, like I said, the business is going where it's going. Right now, we have a lot of black models that are working. Yeah. You know, thank God. But will it last? You know, we have these designers. There's more designs than you can shake a stick at. So, who has the best quality to take the job? Who's going to get the job? We we don't know. We're all over the place running with fashion. The pandemic has put us in a really horrible, horrible place mentally, emotionally, and physically. Well, can you please keep carrying that torch? Carry the torch, baby. I will carry it as I, we much appreciate as I can. you so much. You're so beautiful. Your soul, and thank you for coming here because we mm. love you. And keep telling we those say stories. That. Keep telling those stories. <laughs> if you don't see yeah, us, baby. we're thinking Where can of everybody you? find you? At home in my damn apartment. And on social media? <laughs> That's it. You can find when I'm at my black is at home and I have nothing to do. I'm sitting at home thinking of things, looking at old videos, looking at new we videos. We mean social thinking. media. Where Being can they inspired. find you on social media? How can this they follow is, you? This, I don't even have a website. You know his stories. Come on, Jay. You know what I'm saying. Tell you know, them you your Instagram. Just, you know, we'll see Instagram. him through the <laughs> Oculus. <laughs> what a this, difficult this, guest, this, my God. We'll see you on your NFT. Okay, never mind. Don't yeah. follow him on Instagram. No, follow him. They know where to find me. You know, the real Miss Jay on Instagram. You know where to find my black ass. Thank is what you. I'm You're beautiful. Bye. You can always expect the unexpected from Miss J. I hope you were found <laughs> my friend as funny as I do. I mean, what a couple of characters, Miss J and Pat Cleveland. How lucky am I to have such wild, wacky, wonderful, amazing, and creative friends? I mean, I'm so glad I can just share them with all of you here on Fashion and Passion which is all part of our true crime fashion and passion. Next week on the true crime episode, we have a beautiful young girl, two actually, two beautiful young women. One was a model, Chrissy Giles, and the other was an architect, her, her very dear friend. Her name was Hilda Marcella Cabrales Arzola. They were 24 and 26 years old when their lives were taken. This is a sad story of nothing, nothing good happens after 1 a.m. When you get that question like, should we go home? What do you think? Should we go home or should we go out? Go home. <laughs> this is one of those stories that you really wonder why people get in someone's car, wonder why someone goes to someone else's house at some wild hour of the night when you know there's not going to be a good end to this story.